to curated advice on better living. Get different perspectives on personal development like healthy habits, mindset, relationships, functional movement, and biohacking. If you're looking to improve your life, but you're overwhelmed by the endless sea of self-help content, you've found your new home. We'll talk to all sorts of people from other cultures, accessing different philosophies, real people's stories, and the lessons they've learned along the way. This is the Curated Advice on Better Living Podcast. And now your host, Khaled Sultan. We finally made it. I'm here with Wasim Ahmed, one of the founders of MetaVisionaries. I'm glad that you made it out here. You came by yesterday, you flew in, and we had a great day. We were just going around Doha, talking to different people about the metaverse. We had an amazing gathering where I invited a bunch of people and they actually got to experience VR. And the thing that I noticed, so I experienced VR for the first time. I was in a space shuttle yesterday and I was mind blown. You know, an experience I never thought I, would, I could have, you know, from a cafe in Doha. I'm in a space shuttle and it felt so real. So we start this gathering and invite people over because, you know, I want people to try this, to experience this. Each person they were, that was trying it, they were putting the headset on, the Oculus, experiencing it. You'd see their facial expressions. And when they take the Oculus off, their eyes were lit up. They started to ask questions and discussions were formulating. And it was a very stimulating experience. Everyone was thinking about this technology differently. What is the metaverse exactly? First of all, I think what we need to look at is frontier technologies in general. Right. And, and so let's set the context and the tone in that you look at COVID and COVID was an accelerant into a lot of the things that are happening now, which are very disruptive, but it was going to happen anyway. It's just accelerated it. We are at a time of rapid change and this change is exponential and it being so rapid and exponential, it means keeping up with what we know or what we need to know is staggering. It's, it's something we as a species have never encountered before. And the issue with that is set this context. You've had this job for say 10 or 15 years, same job, same place, all of a sudden that's disappeared. Not only has it disappeared, you're now being told that in fact, that job within all sectors, it could have been has gone. And now you need to reskill. Now, if you've got family, kids and things, people to support, that's scary. Where do you start? How do you start? Where do you go about it? For us, this, what we're creating here, we look at this context. On top of that, you have disruptive frontier technologies like 3D printing, AI, machine learning. And of course, when we talk about the metaphors, what we're really looking at is the upgrade of the internet from web two to web three, from just being creators of content, but not having ownership to now having the ability to own it. And when we say metaverse, for me, the metaverse, you know, images come up of being in virtual reality and having all these headsets on. And, and that is a part of it. But for me, a metaverse is just an extension of ourselves, but not being bound by distance or space, right? It is the ability to be immersed with people around the world. It is uh, the ability to interact with people from different walks of life and different sectors. So for me, that's what it is. It is an extension of our human experience. That is the metaverse technology component. There's virtual reality, there's blockchain, non-fungible tokens. Uh, there's all these things that are out there and I'm sure we'll be talking about those. But uh, for me, that's what it is. The metaverse is an extension of ourselves. And then there's the different technologies um, that we are going to utilize to experience that. So it seems like what you're saying is the metaverse is, is not just about the technology. Technology is what allows us, you know, to access the metaverse, to access that extension from anywhere around the world. Technology is just a tool to be able to access that. Absolutely. Literally the, you know, like everything you do in your real life, right? Well, this is real as well. And this is a place where in some respects you can be as creative and as imaginative as you want to be. You know, when we think about the, the metaverse, you know, people are watching videos and they're seeing all these updates about virtual land being sold on the metaverse, virtual stores, and this whole virtual world that's happening on the metaverse. And people can't understand this landscape. And even for me in the beginning, it was a bit difficult. It doesn't make sense. I mean, it's so unaffordable to buy a house in real life and you just see like companies dropping millions of dollars on virtual land. What's the logic behind that? 
So you're referring to things like Sandbox and Decentraland, uh, where you get to buy a piece of the internet, essentially, where you own uh, a piece of this virtual land, and you can go create your own virtual worlds on there. Um, and just like with anything like that, there's the whole financial component, which, um, you know, the, the prices can go up because everybody's interested. But I like to focus more on uh, what is possible with that. Like, say you wanted to have a place where you wanted to talk about art or you wanted to talk about food or you want to talk about how you can get rid of con like congestion and travel traffic like the point is you could create this world and uh, you can create it to how your vision is because every change starts with a vision right now you've got this ability to have people uh, interact with how your vision you can visualize it you can make it something tangible and um, essentially from a technical perspective what you're getting is uh, when you buy one of these pieces of land uh, you, you're getting a code a place within uh, say if it's sandbox or decentralized uh, and it's on a uh, blockchain and then you have ownership of that particular piece of code essentially that's where you're going to build whatever world you're going to build on you know going back to project that you're working on the vision that you have with meta visionaries can you tell us more about that because i know there's multiple components you have the yeah. meta adversity which i thought was brilliant meta learning meta media which i'm getting involved in you know you have all these different components can you walk us through the the overall meta vision this is something that uh, we've been kind of getting towards over four or five years different components of it and this last year and a half have really made it possible for us to bring this to life the nft got crazy and more and more people started learning about it now initially when you look at non-fungible tokens and nfts it was about um owning pieces of art or files uh, and so on right. and one of the criticism that people had that didn't understand the technology was you know why would i own this digital art uh if you know someone can screenshot it absolutely uh but just as easily as uh there's multiple pictures of the Mona Lisa around the world but there's only one Mona Lisa I'm more focused on the utilities you can create uh utilizing the smart contract uh but everything you said is true as well there is that perspective think of it as a key card or a token to whatever utility world you want to create uh let, let's look at it in terms of concerts or events mm -hmm. or auctions now you went to these events and you bought a physical ticket and you attended whatever the experience was. You went back and that ticket could be one of your memorabilia pieces, you could put it on your wall and so on. But now you could have that same ticket in the form of say a non-fungible token. And not only do you get this really cool piece of art if, if that's what they've done with it, but it's your key card into the world. And you have ownership of that key card. Uh, and, you know, as an organizer, you could say, well, as long as you keep that non-fungible token, uh, you're going to continue to get X benefits or Y benefits. You'll be able to attend future events. Uh, you'll, uh, you know, get special tokens uh, that are uh, as a result of holding it. Or you could just sell it. So you, you say you bought the ticket for £200 and you had the experience and you sell it. You might be able to sell it for £200. I don't know. Um, you know, but the whole point is, or you could attach a royalty to it and say, hey, uh, you know, this is my event. It's a memorabilia item, but when I sell it, uh, not only am I going to get the price, but every time it sells again, I get a royalty. But um, for me, you know, you look at NFTs and you think micro-credentialing, right? You go to school, you go to university, you spend a whole day in lectures, you go home and you watch YouTube to figure out what those lectures were. Right. Right. And so from that perspective, where did you really learn? And yet you paid uh, the institution, right? Yeah. Now, for me, this is a good way of showing the power of micro-credentialing. Uh, the fact that you gave authenticity to a learning experience based on the relationship between the teacher and say the students, the teacher can, in fact, it was Professor Boo Brennan, who I really learned a lot of this uh, from. Um, and, um, and who's that? Uh, he, he's based in the US. He did a whole article on uh, LinkedIn about how he did a class and they used NFTs to build a micro-credential. And uh, it was great. You know, that, that's what really gave me a lot of the uh, idea and how to bring NFTs into this. So by micro-credentials, like when we talk about micro-credentials in education, it's for example, let's say you decide to take this mentorship program on 3d printing and then once you're done you get an nft and that's your micro credential yeah sort of like your yeah. certificate or yeah and because, because the work you did you would document right. it on the blockchain so everybody can go and see it so it's not uh, something that you just put on your cv written that i did x let people see it now that people have seen it it's authenticated and now all of a sudden 
your work is what gives that micro-credential its authenticity, its value. And to be fair, I think that's the way it should be. And so with what you're trying to do, because when we talk about, and you saw this in the event uh, yesterday, yes. a bunch of people had all sorts of questions. A lot of people watch a lot of sci-fi movies. They make us, they show you the darker side of technology. So it's kind of this dystopian perspective when it comes to technology. And then once they experienced it and you had a discussion about the utility and how this is gonna change the level playing field and how it's gonna help uh, inequality and give people access to education, what was that like? Can you walk us through with what you're trying to do? Because at the end of the day, uh, technology, and, I, and I'm sure you agree with this, is a double-edged sword. You can use it for positive things or negative things. You're trying to do something extremely positive, which resonates with anybody who hears about it, resonated with me, and we've been having this discussion for months and months. Could you tell us about you know, the vision, what you're trying to do here? When there's this exponential change, right, what do we do to navigate it? For me, it's very simple. To navigate it, uh, is all about the first thing, what do what would a human do is, is let's look at learning about it. Let's look at the education side. Now, I feel that the education and learning that we need is just not there because it's just changing so fast. And it's going to take time for our institu you know, institutions and foundational education structure we have to play catch up. And what I'm trying to do here with uh, the people we're working with is give uh, enhancement experience alongside what you would normally get in those institutional uh, kind of frameworks and is to help enhance that. You look at the classroom today and teachers are in a classroom with kids who are speaking a different language in terms of what they are interested in, what's their passion and learning. So, you know, it, so it comes to think, what, what are we teaching there? You know, what is, how do we connect with those people? So for me, it was very simple. We need to have a way to help people navigate that change by giving them a learning environment, which is living. I like to use that word, living in the sense that it's consistently adapting. It's more about helping people think the way they think. It's more about relearning how they learn or unlearning what they learn and whatever information they take they're able to talk about it converse about it with like-minded individuals in real time around them but also from different places different walks of life different experiences uh, and and that i feel is going to be one of the ways we can really help uh, you know uh, just to give you some numbers uh, this is taken from uh, reimagining education from unicef's document where you know there's 250 million kids out of school the numbers were like something like lower and middle class income families uh, at the age of 10, at least half of those can't write a sentence. And the economic cost to the world from the World Bank is $10 trillion. Has this been accelerated uh, due to COVID? I think it was the going there anyway, but absolutely, COVID has completely disrupted things. Uh, you know, it's, it's already um, happening and, and it's something, you know, something we need to do about. So with MetaVisionary, it's very simple. The way I thought about it is how do I bring people who are experts, tech entrepreneurs or uh, business leaders um, or, or scientists and key thought leaders how do we get that experience to the current workforce as well as the kids in a way that it's very collaborative it's very immersive and it allows for creation of, of future work um, and for me the solution was very simple it's utilizing a virtual environment where you can make that happen um, but then okay we've got the learning we've got the peer-to-peer -peer supporter community now I want to do something then it's about creating um, that ecosystem where people can bring those ideas to light. Like, you know, if you're a clinician and you've got a great idea, well, you might need a developer to work with. You might need a creative to work with. And that's what we all want to make possible within uh, this university, uh, this experience. At least that's one of the first phases. And there's multiple ways of looking at it. Is this an extension of university? Is this an alternative to university? Is this something that universities can utilize to yeah, enhance this, education? We, we want this to be a collaboration with universities, with schools. We want this to be part of it. When we say replacement, I feel that, you know, these institutions have been pillars of our society for so long. Um, we should be working with them because we can't do the things that they do. Uh, so uh, I feel this is a collaboration with that. The whole point of MetaVisionaries is to create change makers around the world and they can then go create impact. And what we're trying to do is facilitate that. Um, the components of non-fungible tokens is like a gateway into our ecosystem. So when people purchase uh, those NFTs, they'll have you know access to this great environment, but also whilst because uh, whilst that's being built, they still have access access to all the collaboration and the learning and the special events we're going to have. We've got a great roadmap for this year and that's kind of what we're doing. Here. I mean, when you talk about utility, right, you have all these NFT projects 
you know, most of them are going to die out because they're not focused on utility. It's using the technology to provide value to people, yep. right? And okay, for some people, it's access to, you know, certain um, certain clubs or certain events or certain certain restaurants. But this is access to education. This yes. is access to mentorship programs. You can access it anywhere around the world. That's the thing. You don't have to attend. You don't have to go to a physical location or, you know, miss out because you're in one physical location and you can't go there. You could be all the way in New Zealand. You could be in Africa, you could be in Asia, anywhere. You can put on the Oculus, right? And you yep. can attend these universities with the NFT. So when you talk about value and utility, that to me is real value and utility. No, I, I agree. You know, we talk about the metaverse, right? And and as I said in the start, we, we think of a virtual reality environment. The truth is the metaverse is not uh, just about 2D or 3D. Uh, as I said, it's an extension of ourselves. It's not even necessarily graphical. It's actually about the materialization of um, a physical space, distance and objects. You know, it's, it's a place where you're going to get to have uh, all those interactions. Um, and some of the things you said, um, the reason why I bring that up is if you look at it from that perspective, think about it as an extension of you. If it's an extension of you, what is it that is of value that you want to give to the world. Now, when we talk about a lot of these projects will die, it's because it's, it's got a lot of hype. Uh, and just with anything with hype, uh, there's going to be the bad apples and the, you know, you'll have the good apples. But I do believe, um, despite what may or may not happen in terms of the negative component of it, ultimately, there'll be a lot of good that comes out of it. This is fantastic or people where they are going to have uh, ownership of, of the things they create and, and the things they do. Like, just to give you, you know, in terms of the, the metaverse, you're going to have a hardware component. You're going to have the software, VR, visualization component. There's going to be social curation. And, and, and there's going to be things there that give opportunity to people who never thought they'll interact with that world. They'll be able to interact with it now. Your background is pharmaceutical. Your family has a you know pharmaceutical yeah. business. What inspired you to, you know, just go for it? Because this is a big, big initiative. It's a big project. We had set up uh, an educational product, which was for clinicians. Um, and, and in a way, uh, I really wanted to take that experience, not just for clinicians, for people everywhere. Like fundamentally, what this is allowing me to do is scale globally on the core values and core concepts that we had uh, originally with what we wanted to do. So this whole project, uh, it was just a natural extension of everything we do as clinicians, as pharmacists, where we counsel patients, we help educate them on their drugs, uh, we help, you know, have discussions on how they can make changes in their lives. So, and, and all of these things are really foundational in, in everything we're doing now anyway. So it's just a national growth, but just a bigger opportunity to do it much, uh, you know, globally. And and I think also the people associated with this project, uh, you know, our director of science is Dr. Tara Rutley, who works uh, with, uh, you know, U.S. Uh, space organization. We've got a director of innovation who's got more than 42 patents. Uh, we have uh, the former director of UNICEF leading the campaign. Uh, we're partnering with institutions uh, around the world. So, you know, uh, I'm here in Qatar because we're looking at doing this great collaboration between institutions in Qatar. Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be working with uh, people out in the U.S. We're going to be part of, like, you know, you look at this as a project. The fact that we are able to partner with as many organizations as we are in something that really just started is, you know, is the, is the power of the metaverse. It is the power of something new and having the ability to, you know, really capture people's imagination. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Right. And you think about it, it's a, it's a new landscape. There's all sorts of opportunities who are going to want to go in and they have these visions and things to do. And I mean, some of the people that are involved in the Metaversionaries um, project is huge. Some of them whom I'm looking forward to meeting, some of them I've met. You know, brilliant minds. These are brilliant minds that think about the bigger picture, thinking about humanity, thinking about the issues that we're facing and how to address them. And yeah. that's what we need more of. And that's what Metaversionaries seems to be trying to encourage is to get people involved in addressing a lot of these things and taking ownership, giving people, giving people a platform to pursue that change themselves. No, absolutely. It, it is, uh, you know, I, again, uh, the way I like to look at it is whether it's VR or AR, whatever, these are the tools, uh, 3D printing, uh, AI, ML. But what we need to ask ourselves is what role are we going to play as this technology develops? Are you going to be unconscious consumers or are you going to be conscious influencers of how you want this technology to impact you? 
and the world around you. That is what this project is about that we're creating. So, you know, if people are buying their NF our NFTs to get into our world, it, it, let me be very clear. This is an opportunity for you to be early in this space and work with like-minded global collaborators around how this technology is going to be used. How are you going to interact with it? What can you create with it? Uh, how can you collaborate with other people utilizing it? This is what this project is about. Right. Um, it, it is not a uh, quick get rich scheme. Uh, no. Right. The, you know, uh, this is not about, oh, what's the floor price? Why is it not going up? Why is it not going, you know, why is it going down? Uh, this is purely about you, about you deciding to make a choice that you want to influence your life by deciding and creating your future and doing it with people around the world. Now, let's say somebody wants, you know, to take ownership and to create and to get access and they want to, you know, get the NFT to access this world, right? What can they do within this world? You talked about creating and collaboration. How is that going to play out? So basically, let me, let, uh, so this, let me give you a, a kind of a general roadmap. Uh, we're, we're looking to drop our uh, NFT drop, which is going to be a gateway into this world, uh, just the starting of June. And prior to that, we're going to be having loads of conversations like this uh, in, in, in this space. You call it the AMA or Ask Me Anything World. Um, and, and, you know, people will, uh, will be able to join our Discord, uh, join our Twitter spaces, our LinkedIn Lives. I uh, haven't seen many LinkedIn Lives on NFTs yet, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, our conversations on Instagram. Um, but not only are they going to be, get to be part of that, uh, there's going to be a lot of educational awareness component to what this whole thing is. Um, so the lead up to June is going to be that format, uh, you know, giving people a choice and letting them understand what we're doing, why we're doing it, why it's important, and let them make a choice if they want to be part of that. And then uh, once the NFT drops, uh, within a few weeks of that, we've got a launch event, uh, which we're going to be doing. I can't give too many details, but let's just say there's going to be space scientists, VR, music, and some really cool artists that, again, uh, we'll be announcing, yeah. uh, followed by um, a number, our learning management system, which is currently in Web2, which is being developed into a VR world. But they'll have access to our learning with live events. We're going to be hosting podcasts within our like virtual worlds. Right. Uh, where people, for that. Yeah. Right. Uh, so we're going to be having all these discussions with thought leaders all around the world, uh, which will then lead to a competition where we want people around the world to submit their ideas as a file that then uh, can be converted into a 3D print or it could be turned into an NFT. Uh, and then that's going to be followed then by a um, collaboration between us and Qatar University, where we're going to be doing uh, modules around how the FIFA World Cup. Right. Uh, we're going to be celebrating that by uh, having uh, these kids, you know, develop sustainability. But, I mean, answers. when you talk about it really isn't about the NFTs. Um, no. really NFTs, is NFTs is a gateway and we want the NFTs to be aware in how they interact with everything we're doing. Exactly. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, ultimately we want this to be inclusive. Um, so the NFT holders will have access to everything we're doing as well as the ability to, once they complete the courses, they can join us and become brand ambassadors and uh, the profits that we generate uh, can be used to empower them. Uh, so in a way, we're creating jobs um, and we're hoping that they will then further go out and carry out this mission with other people. Uh, and then uh, we'll have a secondary NFT drop coming uh, to celebrate the World Cup, right. the FIFA World Cup here in Qatar. And then, of course, uh, we'll be uh, launching our virtual world. Uh, our first component of it, the learning virtual university component. And then there's a whole bunch of cool stuff planned for 2023. Right. And you have a lot of, um, you know, big universities that want to get involved in this whole space. But what I wanted to ask you was now for people, for people that want to understand how they can get access to the meta adversity, right? Access to all these mentorship programs and the ability to create and collaborate and just really change the landscape when it comes to education. Is it, you buy uh, an NFT and then you have access or is it kind of like how I think about it, kind of like a masterclass or Netflix subscription to you know, this, to all this education. Yeah, How does that I, work? I, absolutely. Like, like uh, that, that's one of the ways I always look at it. it. It's like a key token into our world, but it's a evolving key token. So when they get the NFT, um, it's not just the access, but the NFT itself 
will eventually allow people to create uh, or, or will will create tokens that they'll have access to uh, that will then be utilized in the future in our DAO, which is a decentralized autonomous organization, which the community will have a control over. What I'm talking about here in terms of the DAO and tokens, it's, it's, it's not that it hasn't been done. It, it is being done and I'm sure there'll be even more innovation. But where we are really focused is making sure that those people who join our community really get to enhance their lives, right? They, they and, really get to... Um, they do so how? So uh, they have the learning component. They have the ability to um, uh, teach others. They have uh, all these special uh, events that we're going to have where they'll get to learn from people around the world, connect, network. Because in, in the end of the day, how do you enhance your life? You network, you yeah. connect, you, you open doorways by uh, working with people who can also help open doorways. I mean, that's what, that was the whole idea of a lot of these Ivy League schools and universities. Exactly. Where exactly. you get access to networks. Yeah. You know, when I, um, so in terms of the kind of curricular components that we're focusing on this year, uh, Web3 and the metaverse. Um, the second one is the power of interdisciplinary learning through utilizing frontier technologies like 3D printing. Uh, we're going to have a courses on agility, change and leadership from a space perspective, uh, entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial mindset, uh, spheres of influence in power of media communication and branding, clinical perspective on the metaverse. So, you know, it's, it's very diverse content. Um, it's very, I feel, exclusive in the way that it's coming, you know, you, you're getting foundational knowledge, but through multiple experiences, an interdisciplinary learning approach. This is the intersection of science, creativity, and entrepreneurship. Uh, you know, the, the, this is what uh, people are going to have access to. Um, and, and also, we are going to be giving opportunities for people to understand what the future of jobs looks like. Uh, we're going to be working with companies who have kindly offered to talk about and actually have environments we're going to create where you can do, hey, what's a day working like in Qatar? Or what's a day working like for X company or Y company? Yeah. Or what's the day like working in, I don't know, in tech or you know, software absolutely, development? Absolutely. Or... And I feel there's no too late uh, to do that. It doesn't matter if it's a 10-year-old or you're currently in the workforce and you're thinking about changing your career. We want to yeah. give you that experience uh, of, of what that looks I mean, like. We're seeing this is one of the these are one of the things that we talked about on a previous episode I had about education, right? I had a guest named Kim and she was talking about how she's looking at her kids and they're going to school and school, like what they're teaching them is so detached from what they want to learn. You know, they're playing these games and they want to learn about technology and, and, you know, they're playing Minecraft. And so I was thinking, you know, when I was in school, I wish I had access to different workplaces. If I could spend a day in every single workplace, I'd have a better idea of what's out there so I could make a decision. I mean, yeah. no regrets. I, I I studied media and I'm happy with it. But uh, for many people, they're not sure. Even when they go to university, they're still not sure. And with this, you'll be able to access so much from the comfort of your home. And it's accessible because you don't even need to go to a physical place. You don't need to go, you know, actually go into space. Anybody, everybody who has access to this technology can can do those things. And that's what I really love about it. And I think that resonates with a lot of people. And that came up a lot in the discussions last night in the gathering, which was the accessibility, right? People having access to this. How important is accessibility? Um, so the way we're creating this virtual world is as much as it's cool being immersed on a VR headset, uh, the pricing point is still expensive. Um, so we're going to create it so that not only can people come on and have that full on immersive experience and as the hardware gets better, cheaper, I'll make it more accessible. But, you know, people will be able to come on through their laptops, computers. Um, and, and still join these sessions and, and be part of it. Um, and and uh, we're also looking at uh, making sure that people can come on utilizing their uh, mobile phones. So, um, you know, we want this to be um, accessible. It can't just be uh, based on uh, hardware devices that right now might be uh, difficult for people to afford. So uh, that that's the way we're looking at it. I mean, accessibility is so important. How do you see this panning out? Like for people that want to know, when is this going to launch? When am I going to be able to access these mentorship programs so so we're going to start from june as soon as the entities drop uh the program starts pretty much right straight right away yeah off away. the go um they'll have access to our learning management system from day one uh so uh and, and on top of that the, june this year june this year wow, that's, that's close and then uh yeah we only have a few more lot to do in that time uh and this is why we, we were having these discussions now so that people can get involved um so, because you got to remember the, the structure of the metaverse is supposed to be opposite of a centralized structure, 
right? It's, it's decentralized. Uh, it should be distributed. It should be open. There's no central authority controlling it. It should be permissionless. So yeah, we're, we're working hard to get this all uh, up and running uh, by June. And then of course, we've got that lovely event that we're going to have with some really cool people that people will globally recognize uh, who are going to be producing content, which is, you know, there's going to be a musical component, but then there's an educational component. So I'm truly looking at this whole interdisciplinary intersection. Uh, and uh, for those people who want to join, as I said, the NFT will be the first point of entry, uh, but also for those who uh, are looking to really focus on the educational component, uh, there's a learning management system angle there as well. But yeah, the, and, and the virtual world itself, uh, the first demonstration of that will be in June, uh, and then we'll be uh, looking to get the virtual kind of world all set up for beta testing uh, for uh, August, September with kind of a December launch for uh, 2023. It's exciting stuff. One of the things that, you know, whether it's cryptocurrencies or whatever is so exciting for a lot of people is that it's decentralized, right? Yep. They think about how this can change the, uh, the playing field. One of the things that attracted me to podcasting was that it's decentralized, yep. right? And I'm going to be teaching a workshop right here. Um, we're recording this at VCU um, tomorrow. You're be killing it tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, this meme, a two-day event, Radical Futures. And I thought we should record this podcast here because it all connects. Yeah. The event is about Radical Futures, about, you know, thinking about the future and, and, you know, changing the way we think about the future and how, and imagining the way things are going to operate. You know, COVID has shown us things can change and things can change quick. And if you're not prepared, then the consequences will be bad. So one of the things I really liked about podcasting was that it's decentralized, that you don't need a middleman, you don't need a network, which has always been the case in radio. And I mean, I've worked in radio, but for many people that want to have a voice, uh, you know, it's kind of out of reach to have to be associated with a network to end up on radio or TV. But podcasting has changed that. And that's why my workshop's called Finding Your Voice. It's giving, you know, anybody that wants a voice. Think about the metaverse, yeah. right? And we've been talking about this. We are gonna launch a podcast in the metaverse. In the metaverse. Yeah. Uh, which means we can have all sorts of people. I was telling I was telling people at the gathering yesterday, you can join the conversation. You actually can be there. So imagine we're you're listening to this podcast, but suddenly you're 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 in VR, you're here with us in the conversation, and then maybe you can chime in. Yeah. People often say, Oh, I was listening to this podcast and I wanted to chime in or ask this question. So imagine you host these discussions where people can join from anywhere around the world from the comfort of their homes. And that's something I'm excited about. Uh, I can't wait to be a part of that. You know, I, I I really look at that as also, you know, we could be creative. We can do things like, you know, how people have to use props in, in a live podcast if it's going to be video. And it. like, we can show people so much cool stuff. It's like, uh, imagine uh, someone comes in from uh, IBM or Microsoft and all of a sudden, you know, you, they're doing a podcast, but you can see what it's like to work in. Like, there's just so much cool stuff yeah. that's going to happen, right? I, I really believe the immersive learning experience is going to be key. But, you know, there's something else I wanted to say. We, we talked a lot about VR, but it's not just VR. Like you're going to interact with the physical world through AR, right? Go to a car, you know, like a, go to a, a car room show or something. And uh, Toyota recently, uh, what they did was um, they, they've got their own app. So you look at your car and then you put this uh, app and you... Uh, can see the engine. You can actually see the engine. Wow. Outside, right? Through uh, AR. Uh, and you can see can how, you, yeah. Can I, you define AR? Uh, augmented reality is... is like uh, versus VR, VR versus Virtual AR. reality is when you're inside uh, 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 environment. So when you right? have the headset in and Correct. like what we and, experienced. Yeah, and augmented reality is essentially augmenting things that are physical. Uh, you know, like you can have a mobile phone with a special kind of screen on it and you can then turn on a particular app or a QR code and it becomes like, right. you know, reality. Like you can physically see it in front of you, uh, although you it's not that, physically you there. You do that through goggles or is that through no, no, hologram? No, 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 literally it's, it's, you'll be able to see it on, on your phones. Um, uh, like, uh, you know, what we were doing this in, in uh, the clinical setting years ago. So it's nothing new, it's there. Uh, you know, the exciting thing about everything we're doing and I just really want to make this point it is not the technology it's us 
It's the fact that we're ready to adopt this at a speed which is unprecedented. And the fact that we're taking an interest in defining how it's going to be utilized, you know, and this is the majority, like, even though we're still early, like so many, you know, big percentages of uh, communities within countries have no idea still what this is. But it's the pace at which it's happening. Like you sit in a car in a taxi, the taxi driver, oh, what's this metaverse stuff? Uh, you know, you go into the airplane or you're at airport, people are talking about, it, right? You go to a hotel and, oh, what is this metaverse stuff? So is that? And, and that's the magic. And, and our, our kind of rule, uh, kind of root in this is very, very clear. Uh, for us, this year is all about utility in terms of this whole learning experience uh, and, and networking experience and hopefully creating uh, opportunities for people to see what jobs they could create themselves or what opportunities they have to create their own ideas and make uh, visible. And as I said, it's not just the VR component, like we're using that component to help get access, but the learning we're giving is you could apply it to your businesses now. Uh, it doesn't matter if you have a barbershop or if you have a, a clinical uh, organization or if you've got a furniture shop. Could you like, give us an example of how that could look, be applied now? Yeah, sure. So um, your digital identity is super important going forward, right? Uh, in the, fact, the avatar that we've all seen videos of. With well, Mark yeah, Zuckerberg. avatars, again, uh, that's one, but it's not, not even so far as the avatar, like the fact that you exist digitally and people can search you and find out about you and look at the work you've done uh and and imagine you have all this take uh you know a furniture shop you've been selling all these goods all these years now imagine you having the ability to uh demonstrate all those sales you've had and the experiences you've given to your customers by putting it onto the blockchain so that people can authenticate everything you're saying they can authenticate every experience you've had is it somewhat like social proofing yeah social proofing is one element um proof uh, of concept yeah and and it also like you know the think about the smart contracts that you can the the, the way you uh, use the smart contracts and how you sell your stuff how you could be hey you know what if you buy this piece of furniture i will give you a discount if you buy it as a non-fungible token but uh, every time you sell or someone else buys it we get a percentage of the fees wow Right. So rather than charging 600 pound one time, you could be charging 200 pound, knowing with the fact that every time it resells, you'd continue to benefit from it. How do you track that, though? If you're selling something physical, let's say I'm selling a couch. Yep. And I bought an NFT for that couch. Yep. And then somebody sells that. How are we tracking those transactions? Well, the, well, the, the, the person you sell it to as an NFT, when they sell it again, it'll be in their interest to sell it with, with NFT the NFT component. Otherwise, how are they going to get the royalties? Right. So, you know, it, it kind of just continues. So that's the beauty of it. Uh, you know, real ownership. I had a buddy of mine who um, I mentioned him to you, Jim Carter. Shout yep. out to Jim. He represents artists uh, in LA. Uh -huh. Right. And one of the things he's worked on, and by the way, he's completely moving on to like from physical art to NFT. He's, yeah. he's going crazy into that space. One of his, um, one of his clients was, so basically there was a, there were these four custom sports cars made in uh, Italian sports cars made in the eighties. Right. And one of the owners kept it hidden uh, in a garage in, in LA. And then he decided to auction it after all these years. And it auctioned for something crazy, like in the millions, right? But uh, the guy who was conducting the auction, he had this idea of approaching Jim and saying, hey, can you make an NFT of the car? Nice. And he said, sure. He used, um, you know, he had one of his artists is like, are you interested? And they created this whole NFT. So basically once you bought the car, once the car sold, you get the NFT of the car and you also get a scan, like a 3D scan. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's kicking off right now, you know, like, and, and that, that immediately connected with me when you said, like, you can have furniture, you have a physical item and you can sell it, but you also provide an NFT, which is yeah. an extra incentive. You know, look at education perspective, you've created a piece of content or a course, right? and uh, you know, you, you've then gone and sold uh, spaces to that course. Uh, but then, you know, once someone's been through the whole courses, they're like, hey, you know what, I've done my bit, I'm just going to sell my NFT, uh, and someone else can have the opportunity. And now the other person who is now uh, come on board, they get to join, but the person who sold it could have put a royalty on there. And the original person who sold the course also has a royalty. Like they're just, just an example. of So the small contract also, how does that, you know, cause when you think about creatives, yeah. right? Owning your artwork, yeah, like selling your artwork, how is that Musicians, gonna benefit? Musicians uh, or, you know, creatives in general, I, I do think this is a creative economy now. Yeah. 
I truly believe that now more than uh, before. Uh, because previously, when you produced a piece of content, you don't really own it. Depend on the number of views to get like an affiliate payment. But now you can set the tone and say, hey, you know, you're going to buy my piece of work or a percentage of it or part of it. This is uh, what it's going to be. You know, the, the, the kind of pricing and, and the monetization is absolutely one angle uh, and, and is great for creators. Uh, but I think also um, just the, all the innovative ideas that are going to come out in how you can use blockchain, how you can use NFTs, how you can make it more inclusive. You look at a lot of the work UNICEF is doing now with blockchain. Uh, you know, it's incredible. Check out some of the work they've done with uh, Giga and, and UNICEF in their educational component and program. Um, recently, they did a whole auction utilizing NFTs. So there's going to be loads of stuff out there. Uh, you know, it's, it's not just um, this is just a start. So early in this game, um, but you know, for us, it's it's uh, we've got a very clear path uh, what we're doing this year and what we're going to be doing going forward. And at least for now, the first component is focused on uh, people having access to this great network learning. But then, of course, we're going to be extending that out where uh, we're going to be looking at creating media opportunities, media job opportunities, um, having working with companies where they create virtual environments. Even now, whilst that's being built, we're going to have people come on and talk about what is a day like in whatever industry they're in. But to have it virtually, um, that's going to be one of our key utilities. What motivates you? What really like motivates you to to do this? Because every time I see you, you have more white hairs. Yes. <laughs> you look like you're working 24-7 and I know you are. You know, you're super busy. Uh, every time we catch up, you have these huge announcements, huge deals, big things happening. What keeps you motivated? You know, on the huge deals and the huge announcements, this project for me has real purpose. So we're not name dropping. We're not saying, we're not using names to say, hey, you should be part of a project because X, Y, Z is involved. That doesn't mean anything. The reason why big names, big announcements are happening is there's a lot of purpose behind what we're doing. And that purpose and that vision is what's attracting all these great people to be on board. It's not like, oh, you know, we're just going to everybody and saying, hey, we're going to offer you this much if you join. No, literally, people are coming on of their own will. In fact, you know, I, I just can't give so much detail away about June, but it's mega. I know. We've and, discussed some of this stuff and it's, right? it's, it's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's mega. Like, and, once people find out the people involved and there's no financial gain for any of them, they're doing it because they want to give people an opportunity. They want to be a part of this Absolutely. vision. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, it is really a truly open source event. And when people look at the kind of people involved, you think, wow, you know, what was done to make this deal happen? And honestly, it's just the purpose and the vision of, of bringing a like-minded community together. You're giving them the tools and assets to not only grow themselves, but help others grow and really look at how we can co-create, create opportunities uh, in, in terms of the future of work, uh, how we deal with the complex problems we're going to face in terms of the climate, sustainability, and and most importantly, how do we get an informed generation of people on technology and frontier technologies? Because the gaps are getting bigger and wider, right? And one of the ways I feel our role is just to give people a real understanding of what this is, what this can be. But most importantly, from the information they take, tell us, hey, you know what? Actually, you're wrong there. We can do this instead. That's what I want. A living, breathing model of a community, learning from each other, collaborating with each other uh, and uh, utilizing Web3 very early. You know, there's a motivation aspect there. You know, there's all these deals, amazing stuff that's happening and there's a lot of excitement related to this. But, you know, what are some obstacles that you're facing with this? Uh, I, you know, obstacle wise, I look at them as perfect opportunities to refine our thoughts. Like this is a major utility project. We know that, uh, you know, it's not small. Even <laughs> like you would think just focusing on the NFT drop was is a priority and it is, but you know, the, the stuff that's happening literally weeks afterwards with this event, uh, which is going to be educational and musically curated VR based. <laughs> uh, but then straight after that, we've got the Guthrie series and, and, and the kind of uh, reimagining work series the metaverse podcast and then this competition and then so there's a lot there's, there's a, a lot, lot to do I, I i admit that there'll be hiccups on the way but uh you know this is one of those projects which is being uh led by some of the most remarkable credible people on the planet i'm just fortunate to be working with them all and you know this is about second chances 
this is about it doesn't matter how things have gone before uh you know let's redefine that and 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 let's make things right uh and you know if you thought oh i wasted my life doing the same thing well it's okay now here's your chance so if you thought you know um how do i uh connect with my kids one of the key components to this is intergenerational learning we want teachers parents grandparents being involved with the kids uh and and uh you know so yeah there's a lot to do but we've got a great team a, a fantastic person helping us lead it a former director of UNICEF knows her stuff, uh, director of sciences, Dr. Tara Lee, uh, director of innovation, Sharif, uh, the relationships we have with some of the biggest organizations uh, who, who've been doing stuff for a long time, uh, meeting people like you who are going to be representing us out here, uh, representing the whole MetaVisionaries project here. Uh, you know, so yeah, there's... This, 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 you know, as much as there's a lot of work to do, we're uh, very lucky with the team we put together. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting stuff and the people that are involved. You're talking about very intellectual people. You're talking about very credible people that yes. work on amazing things, whether yeah. it's space and Yeah, like literally, efforts. you know, I, I can literally say, hey, you know what some of the stuff is doing is literally out of space, you know? Yeah. It and literally it's true. is. And uh, man, that experience, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've always been curious since we've been having this discussion and you made it out there. And then once I actually got to experience it and be in the space shuttle, yeah, it's hard to describe. It really is one of those things where someone asks you, what's it like? The only thing you can say is you have to try it. Yeah. And you know, a lot of the content we're producing, I'll tell you why I wanted a space element to it, right? For me, it's our next point of evolution. You know, the fact that if we truly collaborate, we can get to the stars. And I want to use that motivation, that whole experience that, you know, how do you adapt to change in space and bring that back down towards what we can use and what we can learn from that and apply to this planet, to us, our current lives. Uh, you know, uh, th th and and also I'm a Star Trek, Star Wars fan, so I'm biased. <laughs> you know, uh, but I do believe there's uh, ways of learning and teaching which are uh, interdisciplinary, uh, which can give you know biology students a lot of uh, fun because uh, of what space involves. Pharmacists, I never knew the stuff they did in space. Right. Like so, so um, you know, the space element is definitely a unique selling. A proposition if you want to call it that uh, because it allows us to give a perspective of leadership change uh different sciences uh logistics and all this stuff that's required to do some of the stuff you need to do to get there and i want that to be inspirational and also something tangible that people can use and apply bro let me ask you this because we we've been having conversations with people been running into people yeah we ran into my neighbor who works in a major media network yeah. and people are complaining that you know things have been difficult since since COVID, right yeah because people People want purpose-driven lives. People just don't want to work for the sake of work, just to work to pay the bills. People want to do something that, you know, as she said, that people are leaving jobs, but they don't necessarily have other jobs waiting for them. They're just leaving. Right. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I, I really feel that this is that, it can be that reset moment. We, we, we've got a tendency to flounder away the opportunities as a species. We do do that, but I'm hoping that, you know, people realize that this is another chance doesn't matter what's happened before, who you've upset, if you've upset yourself, whatever, let's just fix it. Um, and I think this is the time to do it. That's brilliant. And you know, we can't talk about the technology without addressing some of the potential, you know, negatives yeah, associated pitfalls, with it. Absolutely. So what are some of the, you know, I'm sure you, know, you have these conversations with people all the time. Yeah. Um, what are some of the, you know, the main like common themes when it comes to people being ad adamant uh, or hesitant when it comes to metaverse? Well, I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily blame that. Uh, any Anything. When the iPhone came out or all these things, we're, we're always hesitant. Uh, there's going to be a lot of scams, unfortunately. There'll be rug pulls. Uh, there'll be things happening. That, when we had, um, you know, the ability to do contactless payments, there were frauds then. People walking past people and stealing their 30, 30 pounds. That stuff is going to happen. But is that reason to stop? No. Um, what I feel AI is going to take over everything. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. You know, are uh, we, robots are going to replace it. Are we approaching the singularity? <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's a great question. Uh, there's clever people than me who can answer that. But, um, you know, th these thoughts of robots replacing us or all this stuff, I don't think that's the issue. The issue is ourselves and how creative we can be. So if you're not having to do the job because a machine can do it, what can you be doing with your time? The real scariness is not the takeover by machines. It is the fear of the unknown in how you as an individual has to adapt. Right. So you have these new technologies, right? And it's just about how we use them. 
Absolutely, how we use them. And you know what, one thing I would advise now, and this is fundamental to what we're doing, is raise awareness, learn about it, be an active participant in shape how it's going to be used, right? That's what our whole project's about, right? It's giving people opportunities, uh, not just students, teachers, trainers, parents, grandparents. Um, just go out there and learn about it. Do not sit by idle. This is not something that is going to happen. Uh, the metaverse was here way before. So it's not something that you need to think about. Um, you know, it's not a future. It's already here. Uh, this is a conversation about becoming. It's not simply being. What about when, you know, one of the people that was there at the event, um, Ali, uh, shout out to Ali Adali, he wanted me to ask you, what about when it comes to big companies? You know, Absolutely. You have these big tech companies, yeah, yeah. You, know, it, you know, taking over. And we've seen this with like a lot of technology in the past. They'll take over and then they'll use that for their advantage and then but people we, miss out. You, you know, um, this is the difference between Web 2 and Web 3, right? Web 2 was the people with the resources gave you the platforms that you got to put your content on that you didn't really own. Uh, and that was the experience. Web3 is about you having ownership about whatever you produce. So yes, you know, uh, I think it was something like 100 million was spent in 2020 in this like metaverse NFTs and world. And then between July and December 2021, it's jumped to, I think, 35 uh, billion pound. Don't quote me on that. No, 25, 35 billion pound. Uh, well, that's quite a big margin of error, but yeah, <laughs> around that much. It's a big jump, right? Yeah. And then all the big companies, everybody's seeing Gucci's in there, Hugo's in there, right, Facebook. Street, yeah, everybody's there's... getting in there, right? And my question to you is, so what? In fact, it's good they're getting in there because they don't even know what they're really doing. No one really knows. Yeah. Get involved. The, the way to navigate that fear, and Ali's got a very justified question, absolutely, there's an opportunity to do that uh, exploitation, but just as easily, you could create your own uh, space, your own community that you interact with. Uh, that, that, and, and, you know, and, and for that to happen, the learning has to be uh, put in, the hard work has to be done. Yeah. But how do you, I mean, when you talk about these tech companies that are getting involved, they already have the resources, the, the manpower, they already have all the things to get into the space and really, you know, take advantage of it. How is MetaVisionaries going to help, you know, ordinary people that want to get involved? What we want to do is make sure that people get a good understanding. They get a good opportunity to learn the skills they're going to need within that environment and outside of the environment. Remember, again, I want to make this very clear. Don't just think this is VR. This is AR. This is AI. There's all these like. A good 80% of the stuff when we talk about metaverse is going to be in the physical world, not just in the virtual world. So when we say, for, for me, MetaVisionaries is showcasing what's possible. Uh, it, it is to help institutions do that. It is to help educators do that. It is to help the learners do that uh, and bring in relationships and partnerships where you know people can really enhance uh, learning for each other. And one of the other questions that you know he, he brought up was, what about when it comes to like, is there a fear that uh, you know you kind of lose, uh, to, I know this is very dystopian, like lose no, no, touch he, of reality he, no, and no, no, struggle to readjust or not want to you know be in reality like, he, he's right that there is that, but we're already doing it. You go to a coffee shop, you stand at a bus stop. What do people have in their hands? A smartphone. Right. You, we're already doing that. And if it wasn't the smartphone, it was recreational drugs, alcohol. Like there's this, all these things out there. Like if you really want to be distracted and addicted, even reading books, like there's, there's so many things we're capable of, uh, you know, doing. And again, with, with uh, what this is, is an opportunity to really create how you, uh, or, or influence how you want this uh, to work out for you. But in terms of the whole element of, are we going to get taken over, uh, lose ourselves? Look, we're already capable of doing that without any technology. And, and that's just facts, right? But in what uh, way? Well, you know, if, if, uh, you, if, if you don't want to apply yourself in life, you just won't. You don't need any distraction to do that. You'll just distract yourself. It's a choice. It's a choice. And choices can be informed choices, and they can be informed by making sure you um, learn, but also apply and also figure out how you're going to navigate that environment. Uh, so, yeah, I hope that helps Ali's question. I, I don't want it to be kind of like, hey, but it's already being done, or it, yeah. it, but it is. So do you, uh, do you feel like this is just the next progression of social media, like it's going to replace it social is, media? It is, uh, but it's going to be at a speed we've never seen before. The fear I have is it's so fast that people will just get left behind. 
And that's one of the things that people worry about is being left behind, having yeah. a world of, I mean, which, can you picture a world where you have the people that are on the metaverse and then people that are off not, the metaverse? Yeah, yeah, metaverse. yeah. Um, you know, again, I, I don't have a firm answer to that, but absolutely could be a possibility. But what I do know is the small part we can play is giving people the informed choices uh, and not everything will have, will uh, completely answer all the questions, but I feel we'll be able to give people a good foundation uh, of learning, but also a good foundation of creating opportunities and hopefully uh, creating change makers. That is what we're doing, creating change makers. People like Ali could be a change maker who, who wants to make sure that things don't go wrong. Yeah. But, you know, he's got to take upon himself to do that. And then the thing is, if you want to, you know, be the change, you have to get involved with the technology. Absolutely, absolutely. You can sit there and be fearful. Uh, and, and, and as humans, generally, we do do that or we can make a choice to address those fears. What, what about when it comes to like, you know, ethics, when it comes to like the metaverse and protecting people and, you know, whether there's issues of bullying and stuff. I know like with what we're doing with the metavisionaries, yeah. it's about educating people, empowering people, helping people and giving everybody access. You know, it's yeah. about, you know, equality. But in the metaverse in general, do you? Do you feel like there's going to be regulations? How are people going to be protected? I think, I think the regulation has to come from the communities themselves, right? How is that? Um, where if something's not right, then the communities take ownership and say, right, we're in this world or this particular community and this is not tolerable, right? This does not happen again. And, and they can do that. You know, so I think it's, it's important for us to take responsibility and, you know, self-regulate ourselves. It can't just be governments and organizations. Because unfortunately, they're not perfect either. It's like we need to take collective responsibility for the planet. We can't just wait for X, Y, Z in, individuals to sort it out. So I think Web3 is an opportunity to learn. It's an opportunity to do some amazing things. But it's also an opportunity to take responsibility of yourselves. So overall... Meta versionaries, the focus is education, is empowering people. So with the Absolutely. meta adversity, can you tell me the difference between, because you have meta learning and meta adversity? Uh, yeah, so, so, so meta adversity and meta learning essentially are both educational parts, but one is for a younger group. The meta learning component will be for younger people uh, and, and the adversity or the workforce and, and kind of the 18 plus. But at the same point, they'll both be connected. Uh, they'll both be collaborating. Uh, they'll be in you know, similar spaces in some of the sessions and so on. So uh, yeah, um, there's that. Uh, you know, that, that's the focus. And what are some other initiatives? Is it purely just education focused? No, uh, well, uh, education is a key component, yes, but we will be looking at um, potentially creating our own virtual in environments that people will have access to, not just the educational university part of it. Um, there's that. There's going to be a whole oh. uh, media component where we will help people learn uh, how to create their own uh, environments. Content, right? podcasts or on so that's uh, the educational component but focused on media and yeah like helping people uh, w you know giving them opportunities to create their own podcasts and, yeah. and host it in our spaces and and interact with our community and it may be that they just come and learn and build it all themselves and that's great too uh, because that is the fundamental aim uh, creation or co-creation so uh, meta adversity meta learning meta media all this is going to be on you know virtual lands like the sandbox or are you going to create your no own? It's, it's not just, a, yeah, so so we're looking at a couple of them, the sandbox, the central land. Um, you know, we, we're, we're going to have a think about where we want to be. Uh, that decision will be made uh, once the mint is over uh, in terms of the first NFT drop and the launch event is done uh, in terms of the curricular component. Um, and then we'll, we'll make that decision. But we're already working on a unity uh, to kind of look at how we're going to create this environment. A lot of people don't know how to even navigate NFTs or, or buy NFTs or what minting is. Could you yeah. give us some like 101 on NFTs? Uh, so just a simple part. Uh, first thing you're going to need is a crypto wallet. MetaMask is one so of the easiest ones. That is something you can just download. Yeah, yeah. You just go on. Uh, you'll get a Google Chrome extension. You'll get a unique security paraphrase that you do not want to lose. Okay. <laughs> uh, and you'll, uh, from that point, uh, you can transfer funds uh, into it, convert them into digital currency. Is that separate than like, you know how people have hard wallets that are offline? Yeah, and, and, and that's that gives people extra security, so which which links and, and that's fine. So um, how would you recommend it? Let's say, for example, um, 
somebody like Ahmed, for example, wants to buy an NFT. Yeah. Uh, he wants access to to this or whatever initiative. How do they go about it? Yeah. So they, they uh, we're going to be using MetaMask as as our uh, utility in how you buy our NFT. Uh, so you just go set up a, a MetaMask account. Just go to MetaMask. It's really easy. It's a, like literally two second process. Uh, and then uh, your wallet will be ready. You transfer funds, and then you will connect to whatever you want to buy from, for whether it's from something like OpenSea, which is a marketplace, or right. and you're using uh, just a clarification crypto to, to buy the yes you have to use crypto so you'll be using uh, digital cryptocurrency like ether um, or, or you know uh, weeth uh, so but yeah blockchain primarily is ether focused um, and you'll use that to uh, purchase the nft um, so people would be able to go so when they we announce the date people can go on our website connect their wallet it's very simple you just press connect uh, we'll have done all the kind of uh, technology bit underneath that to happen and they'll just buy uh we're limiting it to two per person uh they'll be able to buy up to two nfts uh it'll go into their wallet and they'll be able to see on OpenSea. uh and we'll have a whole team there to help kind of navigate that and what do you mean by mint uh, minting is a process through which uh it's like when you mint a coin or when you mint uh, you know it's the same concept and you know you mint uh, nft uh, by uh, connecting your wallet to the site that's going to give you the nft and you give a transaction uh, and and uh, you mint so once you purchase it yeah it's officially minted that's right. yeah okay okay so what's uh, what, what else do you want people to know like what's your message well what I would say is this has been such a great session. Um, we're going to be holding a whole group of sessions every day, pretty much uh, over the coming weeks. And we want people to join. Uh, our Twitter is uh, MetaVisionaries. Uh, we will we'll have the links uh, here. I'll include the links yeah. in the show notes. Sure. So if you're listening, you just go to the show notes. Everything's going to yeah. be there. And then and then on Instagram is MetaVision.io. And then the website will be fully complete this week. So people can just go log on and check all the official links, join our Discord group. And on the Discord, they'll be able to talk to us, have conversations with us. Uh, on Twitter, they can interact with us. Instagram, we're going to be doing using LinkedIn because as much as LinkedIn is not as used <laughs> for me, it's my favorite platform. You love the LinkedIn. Yeah, lives, I, love, I, I love LinkedIn. Uh, and also, I think with LinkedIn, you get to see who people are, what they do, their history. Um, but yeah, so so we're going to be a multitude of platforms. Uh, and, you know, uh, leading up to this, we're going to be having loads of uh, discussions, not just on those platforms. So I think that gives it a lot of credibility. Uh, and, and and give people an idea of what this is and get them comfortable uh, and hopefully wanting to be the project. Like, I, I don't want this to be, uh, you know, I'm going to buy this to just flip it. Yes, you can do that for those of you who want to do it, but I really feel it's a project you want to keep hold of and stay actively involved in. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, if anybody has any questions or, or you know, wants me to connect them, yeah. any resources, you can just reach out to me. You know, my information, my contact details are in the show notes as always. And you don't have to ask because I think of this podcast is better living yes i have to ask what's your advice when it comes to living a better life that's a good question uh and the reason why it's a good question i think again it's a living question it's a uh, something that evolves i'm going to put it into this context for now better living we're in unprecedented time things are changing so rapidly for me to live better we need to have the ability to consistently reinvent ourselves and that is therefore uh for me, it's very important that you are able to do that in a very sustainable way and connect with your friends, connect with people you don't know, talk about stuff, uh, learn about stuff and, uh, you know, be ready for the uncertain because that's the only certainty you have. For me, out of all of that, if you can be active in influencing how you feel this next decade is going to go, that will better your lives. Wow, that's a that's a deep answer. Yeah, it's been. Yeah. Well, it's been a brilliant uh, discussion. Yeah, as you know, I I said to you like it's been a powerhouse. We've we've hardly slept. It's been so busy. So you know, if I've been rambling, uh, I, I hopefully got most of the stuff out there. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's been incredible and it was worth it. It was. I mean, just yesterday meeting all those people, talking yeah. to people on the ground. And, you know, we talked about the importance of just talking to people, seeing their views, addressing things, trying things, experiencing things. That's what it's all about. Yeah. It's about building a community. And, uh, you know, this will uh, definitely not be the last time we have no, you on no, the no. podcast. Uh, Hal is going to be all around Qatar. He's going to be there. Uh, I don't know, with a microphone, maybe pointing it in your faces and asking about VR. Uh, I will. You know, I might do that. I might go around, start asking people yeah. for their opinions and yeah. so, maybe we'll uh, get your Be answers. nice to him. He's really cool. 
and uh, you know, uh, take him for coffee. Uh, he's a nice guy. Uh, but yeah, no, it's going to be great. Uh, you know, this lead up to uh, the World Cup celebration, which is, you know, an important part of our utility because we feel that sports is a great way of bringing people together, but also really educating people. Uh, and uh, the the work we want to do with Qatar University is going to be great with that. I know what's going to happen. Once I release this podcast, I'm going to get a bunch of people messaging me saying, I want to know this question or this question. You missed this question. You know, you know, so guys, we have to do a live no, 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 no. Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll do, we'll, we'll definitely be excited accessible. Um, this is not a one-time thing. Uh, as I said, we've been doing this non-stop and we probably like said a lot of things which were coherent some of which were probably incoherent but that's okay uh and you know d- feel free to reach out to us uh khalid is there i'm there uh the instagram page is on metavisionaries.io uh the twitter stuff we're going to be hosting twitter spaces with tech uk all the way leading uh, every monday at six o'clock uk time uh so so please feel free to join us uh, there'll be some great content and as always if you enjoyed the episode make sure to subscribe Hit the notification bell so you can get notified for more episodes. If you have any questions, well, Khalid's going to have some whitelist places on on getting in early on the NFT mints. So uh, you know uh, that's what be nice to him. Uh, he'll he'll be super nice back. So uh, yeah, there's going to be uh, there's going to be a lot of giveaways. Uh, there is going to be a special drop which I can't give too de- too much details about now. So like I said, there's all this stuff. And the reason we're doing this is you know we want to get this right. Uh, yeah. I don't want to just say hey we're doing X and Y, uh, but everything we we've said is happening Uh, and and, and the content we're going to be dropping showcasing that uh, we'll do that Uh, this is not a hey pay an influencer to you know uh, hype up your project this is not that God knows that uh, the community that listens to this podcast they're allergic to that stuff yeah yeah no so so this is why we've we've avoided name dropping we've just simply told you who we are working with who's involved and uh, I believe the purpose and the vision of this project the people who do end up supporting it and pushing it uh, it's not because we were hyping it because they genuinely believed in it I mean we've been having this discussion for months and months if not a year and it's incredible it's mind-blowing every time we have a discussion every time I know people getting involved the things that are happening behind the scenes I mean they're mind-blowing and uh, you know we'd love to talk about that we're gonna reveal more information if you have any questions reach out as always because this is an ongoing discussion it's not just one episode yeah. it's an ongoing discussion and uh, yeah we got to get you to the airport right yeah I, I, I want to leave this one thing right look at your kids look at how they interact they're already there where are you You've been listening to Curated Advice on Better Living. It's our passion to interview guests on their experiences to bring you different perspectives on personal development, on everything from healthy habits to mindset to relationships to functional movement and biohacking. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and we hope you've gotten some information that can change your mindset. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime... We'll leave you with this from Bruce Lee. Be formless, shapeless, like water. Now you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friends.